You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 67. My name is Clark of Five Card Guys on Instagram. And with me co-hosting is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess. Okay, off the top guys, I saw on the card porn feed the other day, their post about Beckett grading services. And they noted that other collectors have mentioned how card porn was too hard on them. So they made an attempt at a more constructive post. Now, I don't want to talk about car porn specifically, although I know people have strong opinions about how they treat grading companies not named PSA. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not naming names, but I did think (laughs) their question of what can BGS do to improve was an interesting one. And John, you asked us last week about whether we think... um, Will, you know, will BGS get to the point where their gem mint graded cards can close the gap in how much PSA graded gem mint cards currently sell for, right? Plus, I know there was a gem rate Instagram post showing the number of submissions drop significantly, especially in comparison to PSA and SGC even. So I think it's uh, newsworthy, it's relevant right now. So let's dive into it a bit and talk about what we think BGS, Becca Grading Services, has to do to be more competitive again in the grading card space before, you know, before they become irrelevant to tell you the truth. So yeah, what do you guys think? Any thoughts off the top of your heads? I personally think me coming back, coming from a marketing background, it's a branding thing. And uh, hmm. uh, from a branding perspective, it's it's how, it's who you kind of like represent uh, the credibility you have. And in this day and age with social media, content is king. Right. You got to constantly push content, relevant content. And Beckett has such a rich history and they don't share it. They don't they don't get it out there for people to know these these things. And um, and that's part of your branding and connecting it. And I feel like that's where Beckett is really lacking, because I know for a fact BGS is is very needed in the hobby. Mm -hmm. Like they are, I guess, the Pepsi of the the soda industry if, if right. you compare it to coke right. um and it it's complement it it complements with psa and it's 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 needed so i hope that they could figure it out and i know from a branding perspective it'll open up uh huge possibilities uh in terms of how they represent themselves and kind of like the the space they have and the the respect they get in the hobby essentially right so it's part of that uh, that they have to create um, through their marketing. Yeah, uh, essentially, right? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think BGS, in terms of marketing and what they've done to stay relevant in the last twenty years, certainly you probably view them sort of more like a dinosaur. Um, hmm. They're the old, you know, the the old granny that got left behind, the boomer, um, but. <laughs> To be honest, I don't know because I don't know the inner dealings of what's happening at BGS. It seems like it's been a bit of a, you know, a bit of a show. Uh, what's going on in the background, whether, you know, like employees are losing their jobs, they're cutting workforce, they're like super behind on their orders, even though they don't have that many orders. So I, I really don't know what the answer is. I mean, 
Um, you know, cause they do have to kind of fiddle with their brand image and brand marketing as well. So you can't just sit there and go to like $15 slabs. I mean, that would probably be a very easy answer, but you know, without thinking sort of the complexity and the nuances of their branding, I mean, number one, you got to deliver on, you got to get back to the basics. I think at least deliver on promises and deliver a lot quicker um, you know, get into the sort of the 30 day range and then pricing. I don't think BGS at this point deserves to be at the same pricing as, I don't know what their pricing is. Sorry. I, I might've missed that. Um, but I don't think they are, they, they shouldn't think that the pricing should be on the same level as PSA. Um, I, right. I think they should go a lot lower to kind of recapture a lot of value. Um, and maybe, you know, offer, um, subgrades for free rather than it being an upcharge. They got to do something to kind of yeah. stand out. So I don't know what the real answer is, but that, that would be like a quick and easy take. Yeah, for sure. I think I just, I just wrote a couple of points and you mentioned them both faster turnarounds and cheaper service, like take, take a, you know, take a page out of the SGC playbook. Right. Right. And, and, um, you know, I just actually got an email from, um, from the person I gave my Trey Young autograph origins card. Remember I talked about this months yeah, yeah. ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just, I just got an email like literally this past couple days saying, Hey, we finally got it back. And they submitted that in like <laughs> oh, November, no December way. of 2020. Right. Holy so I, I even got my PSA subs back quicker than, than the, the back one. And, you know, like exactly like the service is like, you know, we just didn't know where it was in the process either. And you're just like waiting month after month. So they got to definitely work on communication as well, or customer service uh, more specifically. And um, and yeah, like I think, you know, I was walking by, for, for all you Canadians, I was walking by like a Roots store the other day. And I was thinking the same thing about Roots that I'm thinking about Beckett. Like you can't live off your legacy name forever. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm like, and I, I went walked to him. I'm like, oh, I'm a, you know, maybe I'll find a cool retro roots shirt like a rock, you know, <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And a, not, nothing fits me. It's just large and extra large, right? And then, uh, and B, like, no one's in the store, you know, like, like they're resting on their. I feel like they're resting on their brand name. Right. And Beckett's kind of similar in that fact, where right. you know, you can only go so far, especially when there's new competitors seemingly popping up, you know. Um, every month, every year. So I think uh, definitely Beckett, like you said, Young, off the top too. Like they got to start marketing marketing themselves better. And yeah, I love BGS, so I'm rooting for them. <laughs> you know, so so hopefully uh, someone from Beckett's listening to this podcast and writing <laughs> down notes. <laughs> All right, uh, you know what? With that, let's move on to hobby headlines. And today we're going to talk vintage sports cards. We hardly talk about vintage sports cards, but you know, we've been saying in past episodes during both bull and bear markets, a solid investment in the sports card market is in vintage sports cards. Now, on the Card Ladder app, which I subscribe to, they have this ongoing index which tracks the aggregate daily value movements of cards across a number of categories, okay? And not surprisingly, in this bear market across all sports, the market is trending down. It's just red, 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 right? But only two indexes over the past month have shown a slight increase. One is hockey, which could probably be because of the latest playoff push. And the other is the vintage sports card market. 
So yeah, let's talk about vintage in this episode. If you had a healthy budget right now, which cards are you looking to target? Which ones are your personal favorites or even grail cards? And maybe we can name a couple so that, you know, we don't all say the 1952 Mickey Mantle Tops rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or or the Babe that, Ruth Gaddy rookie card. That was, card was like so iconic when I was growing up. Yeah. Like because yeah. it was, you look at the whole Beckett price list and it yeah. was the most expensive card listed. Right, I remember. I so remember, it yeah. was. It, it became such an iconic card, I think, for everyone. So I know the <laughs> 1952 tops, but I would even say, you know, the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle. True. I think that's uh, that's a card that, if you have the budget, is such an awesome card. That's not as expensive as um, the 52 tops. So I think that's a good. Op- there's so, there's so many options when you deal with like uh, vintage, mm-hmm. and it's it's a different ball game, right? And you know, there's, but I, I do believe there's like some great deals. Like, um, I, I like 1948, uh, Bowman Stan Musial. Like, for mm. me, Stan Musial is like a legend and very, very affordable. We're talking, you know, um, probably a thousand bucks for a reasonably graded, um, you know, 1948. You know, that's as vintage as you get. I think you, you stated yep. vintage as, as early as 46. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the Car Ladder app, and yeah, they define it as some um, between 1946 and 1983. 80? Oh, 83. Okay. 83. Yeah. So okay. for our for our case, let's just say anything before 1983. Right. Yeah. I mean, you go, you guys could go, John. You could go ahead. I mean, I yeah, I have a list. I that- I got. I mean, there vintage. There's tons you can pick up from like all types of iconic Jackie Robinson and. You know, football yeah. like Jim Brown and stuff like that. There's a there's a, a boatload that you can go to. Um, I'm just gonna pick my actual personal. You know, I don't own these cards, um, but if I were to, you know, like you, Clark, you said off the top, if I had the money to spend right now and I'm going mm-hmm. in, uh, these would be the three cards that I would buy. Um, and you okay. know, bit of investment, but it's a more PC sort of thing. It's just because for some, one reason or another, I like the card or I like the look. So we're, for yeah. me, it's 1980 tops, bird, magic, uh, it's Irving like combo. Iconic. Yeah, like yeah. that's number one. Um, obviously, like a PSA 10 is completely in a different stratosphere. So whatever grade that I could afford, that would be one card mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to purchase. Uh, we're going to go to hockey next. It's 1951 Parkhurst, Gordie Howe. Nice. Um, not that wow. I watched Gordie Howe or, you know, he was one of my childhood heroes or anything like that. Nothing to do with that. I just love the card. I think for, because hockey got popular a lot later on, sort of like Gretzky and on, um, when you look at, it's so rare to see a hockey card that looks like those like 1930, you know, like Honus Wagner cigar cards. Like, right. it's got that look, like that supreme vintage baseball look. So there's just something mm-hmm. about that card. It looks really, really cool. Massively expensive. I think PSA 1s go for, like, six grand. Um, but whatever you could afford, uh, I really like that card. And then on the baseball side, again, I mentioned this before. For some odd reason, I love the 83 Tops Tony Gwynn. He was nowhere near a favorite player of mine, but there's just something about that card. This one has got to be a PSA 10. 
Uh, it's come down enough where it's relatively affordable. I think it kind of goes for the like the 2000 2500 mark. Um mm-hmm. yeah. 83 Tony Gwynn PSA 10. I love the color blocking. I love everything about that card. Yeah. Um yeah, you named one for me already. The for me did the Jackie Robinson 1948 Leaf rookie card yeah. with the yellow background. Right. So distinctive, so iconic. I looked up its PSA 1, it's going for 6k. So yeah, even the PSA 1 and that's the thing about vintage. Like you, you got to get out of the mindset. You with modern, it's like you know, it's the PSA ten. For, screw the PSA yeah. nine. You know, the vintage is like, you know, PSA one's pretty good. It yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's grade worthy. So yeah. that's all I need to know. Um, and and you know, like with vintage, like every subsequent grade up, especially with PSA, is just like exponential for some right. of these vintage cards, right? So, sure. um, I would love to have that in my collection. And you know, you look at. More specifically, the baseball vintage cards, like they haven't gone down as much as you know the other sports card markets. Like sure. basketball, like your, I just looked the, the 1980 Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson oh, it's rookie. Gone down a lot. Yeah, like there was a pop. You know that that just like that's what that basketball cards in general saw that kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. Whereas baseball cards, I don't know if it's a longer history. So people that are into it are really into it. Right. You know, it wasn't part of this uh, whole inflation of the hobby hype uh, the past few years. Um, so yeah, they haven't gone down, um, down a lot in terms of value because these baseball vintage car collectors just hold. I, you know, I, I also feel like the baseball vintage market, it's like pre seventies. It has to right. be pre-70s, right. right? So we're right. talking majority 40s, 50s, 60s and vintage value. Whereas That's like correct. when we're the dealing with the 70s era and then you bleed into the 80s, I think this is where it kind of like like it really uh, loses its sure. value quicker. Right. Pricing-wise, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, speaking of which, like my other car was the Cal Ripken. I talked about this, 1982. I was going to say that too. Yeah, such yeah. a sick card. Yeah. PSA 10, and that might be the exception to the rule where the value has been holding fairly steady. Mm. Um, 5K for PSA 10. And then um, going back to real vintage, Ted Williams, 1939, play ball. I like that. I had mm. that on my list, yeah. The black and white, kind of like pretty iconic. You know, pretty affordable. Yeah, like 5K for PSA 2. You right. know what I mean? Like that's, that's for, for a card in its... 1930s card you know yeah. what I mean? greatest hitter you know of that's all what time. i'm saying yeah like, like do you do people realize how hard it is to hit 400 right. in this season <laughs> is anyone else going to do that ever in the his do you think hey, i, I Ulrich, don't think so Ulrich got pretty close though. Oh, he was flirting yeah 363 that year yeah i mean there's a few other guys that flirted i think but i mean that's, he yeah, was insane. doing it like no no biggie <laughs> yeah. i i heard like you know, I don't know how true it is, but you know, Ted Williams could just see the seam on the ball, just knew the pitch just by this. He could slow it down in his eyes for somehow, and, and knew what was coming half the time. I honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised because, like, now that I like analyze baseball swings, it, it is like almost like impossible at what these guys. It's like superhuman power hitting, right. you know, a hundred mile an hour fastball, and they right. these guys do it on a daily basis, and it's an ability to literally like slow down your mind that slow right so i yeah. i wouldn't even be surprised if that was like his superpower <laughs> and that's why he is such a good hitter you know <laughs> dominating yeah for sure young did you have a couple more 
Um, you know what? I for me, uh, 1968 tops Nolan Ryan was always like the oh, yeah, Jerry oh, Kuzman. You yeah. know the the, the duel. yeah the, yeah that was an iconic card for me. Right. Um, you know, growing up because Nolan Ryan was the guy like for me like the whole 5000k like right. ripping ripping red donruss 1990 you know <laughs> like getting the 5000 <laughs> strikeout card was big for me so nolan ryan was always a impactful player for me growing up um mm-hmm. a 54 tops hank aaron that's always on my kind of like a watch list uh going after that card one day I always say it but then we always go to modern right because right. it's just yeah, like more more shiny and volatility and we're like yeah like it's it's a lot more fun when you're you know involved in in the modern game but yeah I think uh, there's there's so many options like I know like uh guys that collect like the T206 uh um that the cigar Piedmont uh, set like 524 Crazy. cards. Like obviously you're not going to get like the Honus Wagner's and stuff yeah. like that, but like it's very affordable to go after, you know, the non big stars in that set just as a set mm. collecting. And I think that's a super cool set. If you even had like 20 or 30 of those mm. of, of the 524 cards. Cool. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of like um, ways you could be creative in collecting vintage yeah, without right. like having this kind of like snobby <laughs> you know i'm all about the shine modern yeah. modern cards so and like i said we we said while well, we say it on the podcast we feel like you know it's a great like vintage is going to be a great investment moving forward right so yeah yeah you know with vintage too like it's for me at least it's historical art more than anything for sure you know mm-hmm. what i mean um and man it's hard to imagine the current modern and ultra modern cards having that same impact. Hundred percent. Yeah. Fifty years from I was, now. You I know was what actually mean? thinking about that with the T two oh six. That's why I brought it up because it was like what made this set so special? It's like the if you if you look at like the printing quality, it's like mm. that was unheard of in that day and age. And it just yeah. takes you down like you know, history and then you're just like, Wow, this is amazing that you kinda like uh, feel that nostalgia, you know, yeah. like just floating around so right. i 100 percent agree that it's all art history really you know yeah in some ways technology made things worse for the hobby always <laughs> <laughs> but it's a balance right you got you got to be balanced you yeah, can't i'm dis- not anti-technology yet. yeah that's let's let's get that straight yeah <laughs> for sure all right. Uh, yeah. No. I, you know, we love to hear actually from our listeners who collect vintage, like really collect vintage, because I'm sure we missed a ton of other great choices. So yeah, please let us know and DM us on Instagram at Cards to the Moon, and we'd love to talk about it in a future episode as well. And uh, you know, for me, it's always like I always want, I, like to be honest, I don't have one vintage in my collection right now, but it's always one I want to really work towards. You know what I mean? Like. Can I flip enough cards and just like get one really nice PC vintage that I could just hold and, you know, just show off whenever, whenever possible. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Like you look at the card ladder or you look at any statistics, like how well vintage sports cards hold up even in this current market. For sure. So let's move on now to our next segment. We ca- we're calling overrated, underrated. It's our first time doing this segment, but the title is pretty self-explanatory. For this episode, I got a list of different types of sports cards, and I want you guys to say if you think they're overrated or if they're underrated and why. 
All right. Hmm. Let's let's begin. Okay. First, in terms of types of card, quad patch cards. Quad patch cards. <laughs> so are are you meaning? Does that mean like um, you know those four squares? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But it's like one patch, or is it different patches, or is it different material? It's probably different patches, right? Usually, uh, usually, yeah, they're like different colors. Or yeah. are you talking about like multicolor patches? No, 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 like four separate <laughs> four, windows, like a yeah. windows. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Jeez, is that from like Topps Museum or? I didn't. I didn't even know that You've was a them. thing. Definitive. Yeah, I, I've seen them. I didn't know it was a thing though. <laughs> so quad patch card. I, I feel like I already know your guys' yeah. answers. Well, <laughs> if it's quad color, then I'm like, heck yeah, 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 like yeah. quad okay. color patch. But I don't think that's what we're talking no, about we're here. Not. So I'm gonna say it's definitely. Oh, overrated. Man. Overrated, <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, can it be overrated when it's already trash? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm, that was a trick question because I was yeah. like, I, is it underrated? Because hey, I'm sure there are it. collectors out there that collect these multi-patch cards. Right. Come yeah, on. That's interesting. I, I never okay. thought of that. Interesting. All right, that's an easy one. Uh, you know, for me, same thing. A patch is a patch is a patch, right? Yeah, so, right. and we 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 you know all shared how we feel about patch cards in general. Right. So. Adding more of it doesn't really do anything. No. Right. Okay, here we go. Let's make it a little bit more difficult. Dual autograph sticker cards. Wow, mm. this list. It's so specific. Mm. <laughs> um, I, You know what? Like, um, I don't think they're overrated at all, to be honest. Mm, okay. Like, I, because I don't Despite think anybody likes... a sticker. Yeah, because I think everybody has that preconceived notion that it is sticker auto and it you know what i mean so it's not good so for me i'm gonna say it's you know sticker autos are underrated for me it's like logistically impossible like we talked about on the show to get on card autos so what's the next greatest thing sticker autos you get two of them so it's like (laughs) yeah and nobody loves them so it's like (laughs) you know Uh, what i mean all right oh man i you know how what i feel about sticker cards um you can't I, change it though. Come on, man! I, you get two of them. Yeah, like I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I, I will admit though. I, I'm gonna say slightly underrated because I will. Okay. As much as people hate them, I have been tempted, at, and I really like some dual stickers, especially if it's like, I don't know. I don't even know the sets. Like, top, I'm just gonna make it up. Tops definitive, and it's like Mike Trout King Griffey stickers, like mm. dual. St- like that, those cards look nice, and I'm, you know, especially sometimes you look at the price, and it's like a PSA ten, and you know how much a Mike Trout and Griffey auto would go for, and you see the price at twenty two hundred or something like that, right? I'm like, man, that that's a beautiful looking card, yeah, it's sticker, but it's you know two amazing players. I'll say underrated as much as I hate it. I'll say underrated because some of those cards are really nice. Yeah, I hear you about the logistics of getting cards autographed, but. I mean, it. I I can't help it. It cheapens the product. Like it does. it's like placing two pieces of tape and then they signed it okay, on top sp- of the card. It's speak- not even straight. Sometimes. You speaking know what I mean? of though, okay. <laughs> think of think of this. So we're talking clear sticker autos right now, yeah. right? Boring. Mm-hmm. In the past, I believe Tops did something different, like with the certified signature, or maybe it was Upper Deck. Where it was like more of a hologram piece that they're right. signing, and you add it to give more value. It's like, 
Where's like where's the, that? Like the Mike Trout Bowman Sterling. Yes, exactly. Mm, it's like it. it's like silver. That's it's true. like that right? looks like it's part of the card. Like right. sometimes I forget that's yeah. a sticker auto. It is a sticker auto, and that's yeah. what that's what made okay. me think of that. Is that Bowman Sterling? I'm like, why do they use clear sticker autos? They should make fancy it up. You know, card market's gotten a little bigger, so yeah, tops spend a little more money, make the card a little prettier. Not not these clear, transparent True. Right. stickers. Maybe, uh, maybe they want the transparent stickers because it'll blend in with the cardboard yeah. stock. Yeah, but, that they want to make it look like it, it's blended in, right? right? But it does the opposite. Like, you're not fooling anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that, Young. Okay. Yeah. If it's a hollow sticker auto, it's underrated. But anything else, overrated. <laughs> Very overrated. There you go. <laughs> okay. I'm All right, number, <laughs> number three. I don't know if you're familiar with these ones because it just came out. The Panini Prism Football manga insert cards do you see these it's I like did. a cartoon did. japanese cartoon yeah not a I, fan i forgot about them yeah i i <laughs> okay. i overrated, overrated then? yeah overrated yeah, okay. i guess like it's not even good art in my opinion yeah. to tell you the truth you know when it was a, but, you know when it was first leaked or announced uh a little while ago i was probably a couple of months ago uh mm-hmm. I, I was really intrigued i was like ooh, that's that's a neat idea i like that right uh, and now that it's out, I don't like it, man. I, I like, you know what? I will say I love the Mahomes one is really nice. Of all of the cards in there, I, I like the Mahomes one. What did that one look like again? The Mahomes? It, it's it's uh, horizontal and it looks like he's he's sort of like in an action pose. Oh, right. And it kind of looks like oh, he's yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit more like a superhero. Whereas the other ones are right. just sort of like straight portrait. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Overrated. But I will say I, I, okay. I do like the Mahomes though. Did you hear about um, what people are saying about the Tom Brady one? You know, the one with the five or six rings? Yeah, he's supposed to kind of look like Thanos mm-hmm. or something, right? Yeah, but then someone's like, why is he wearing nail polish? It looks like... Oh, really? <laughs> like, I didn't notice that. <laughs> so I could see that. I could see that. But uh, yeah. Um, okay, so we all agree. Overrated. All right. This might be an interesting one. In-person autograph cards. Mm. I know Hyung and I... We had this discussion way back when, right. and you know yeah. my you know my take on yep. it. I mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm a collector of like autos on just space cards or just cards in general. I like IP autos, yep. so um, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think they're super super underrated, so underrated that like people think it's like it ruins it the card, ruins the card. It's like what right. that makes no sense. It was never anyways, meant to be signed, yeah. Young. It's never yeah, meant to it's be altered. signed. Technically, it's altered. Technically, it's altered from the, the purist. We'll call them the purist. <laughs> People who hate money. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I think they're super underrated as well. Like, I mean, as a hot, like, how could you not like it? You know, like, we're talking sticker. I, get, I, I understand it because from a hobby perspective, I mean, from a ripping perspective, you're not, it's not a chase. These aren't chase cards that you really, really wanted to hit and couldn't hit or you, you, you bought it outside. This is, you know, like this is a normal base card or whatever you happen to get and you get it signed in person, right? But when you think about what that is, like that's amazing. Like you're talking, mm-hmm. comparing it to a sticker auto where the player is just not even touching. He's literally signing a whole bunch of little 3M st- strips and they're adding it onto a card versus you physically taking somebody's rookie card and giving it to the player he's touching the card and he's signing it like that that's i wouldn't i wouldn't go 
and get it signed though. Just that's just a asterisk. I'll get somebody else to sign yeah. and I buy it off. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. actually wait in line to. Me too, because I need I need the anyway. I need the PSA ten ten. I need the dual ten tens. <laughs> if I see like eight eight, no, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a big risk, right? Like how they handle the cards. You know? right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at games. Oh, man. Yeah, like uh, like I said earlier, Hyung and I had a discussion, and I know Hyung asked me like offline you know, what I thought about IP auto cards. And I, uh, to be honest, I told them, I told him, I'm not a huge fan. Right? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I didn't think it was altered or anything, but I feel like, eh. You know, like <laughs> I, I rather it's not that I rather prefer the non auto card. I just rather prefer the top certified auto card. You know what I mean? I get like, it. I the only downside is I hate that they open it up to like modern players. So that that's what they do for for that. Like mm-hmm. where they get a minor leaguer to sign all these cards. Right. Like I'm talking about like the Mike Trout PSA 10 update. With the Auto 10, the Ken Griffey Jr. 89 star, Upper yeah. Deck, with the mm-hmm. with the signature Pop 2, like yeah. like amazing cards, right? But not like the the modern where they get everything signed, you know, every card possibly signed, right? True, so. right. that's true. Yeah, and you know, like I I've honestly come around, like I appreciate them way more than I did before. So I'm a convert, <laughs> and especially nice. with those guys, like you mentioned, like the the Trouts or like the players that didn't have autograph cards right. when they were, you know, rookies. Right. And now you can get them if, you know, signed and and even graded mm-hmm. and authenticated. So I'm I'm a huge fan of those. But um but yeah, it's an interesting discussion because yeah, like you already said, people think it's ruined if you <laughs> if you get it signed. All right, uh, we'll wrap up this segment with Tops Paper Gold Parallel Cards which are numbered to the year the card was issued. Right? So, um, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. I do, and I love, I love golds, man. I love paper golds. One of my favorite uh, parallels in paper, and I'm gonna say underrated still, even though it, wow. it like a lot of people love it. For me, if you're saying classic, classic OG card, like at, at least in the modern era, we're talking like the Derek Jeter tops gold. You know, it's like it's always the classic kind of mm-hmm. like um, paper parallel, right? So I personally love like 2018 and up, like 2018, 2019, and that's right. it. Those are the two my two favorite like paper parallel gold sets, especially 2018, and I think they're super underrated. I think over time they hold value extremely well. Like look at 2011 Tops update the uh, Trout mm-hmm. Gold. Right, like that's a that's a card that is a enormous trout card, and it's such a you know classic card as well. So I think the gold parallels are super underrated, even though they're very well desired and liked now. I still believe they're underrated, and they're gonna be they're gonna hold value really well in the future. Right. Okay. So everything that Hyung said is what the hobby believes in the gold, and is what why the hobby loves the gold, including myself. I have been drinking that Kool-Aid. But when you strip back Hobby Logic, it is a gold numbered, pretty highly numbered. It's not super, super limited. It's not 50. It's not 50. Yeah. It's not shiny. It's this like stale brown, (laughs) non-shine paper card. (laughs) 
It's not. It's not pretty. But we have come to absolutely love this card. But when you compare it to, in terms of like pop count, you know, if, like let's say you take the Topps Chrome version purple, numbered out of two fifty, or you know, maybe a, a not as popular, you know, number card like Vintage out of ninety nine, right? I think when you compare it to to scarcity of some of the other sets, I'm gonna say that for what it is, for actually what it is for that card. I'm going to say it's it's a bit over as much as I love it I think it's a bit overrated hmm. but with that being said just because I say it's overrated it, it doesn't mean that it has room to come down because this is hobby logic if the hobby loves it you know and it's numbered out of 5000 so be it the hobby loves it right so um right. I could see this card continually going up and seeing huge potential but I will say I think in comparison to some of the other very very limited cards of this of parallels i think it's a bit overrated okay yeah until the year 5000 it won't be that high of a price <laughs> <run>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what i totally agree with you like sometimes i go through my you know when i rip through top series one or two and then i'm like oh shit what's this new parallel and i turn it back i was like oh it's the gold doesn't look like gold yeah. on paper, right? <laughs> the modern ones are brutal. Ever since 2020, oh, yeah. they literally stopped like caring copper, about or yeah, it's, it's like, brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I I think it's a little bit overrated as well. Although, yeah, if you're gonna, I think it varies from set to set, like you're mentioning, Hyung, yeah. right? Like the new ones, the 2022, 20. Like I'm not a fan of any of those, and it seems like yeah. you just get it in like <laughs> one every three packs right, and it's right. usually not like a stud player it's like a nobody and you just get them and it's worth really nothing so um well that being said like yeah i don't know i think the value of like the stud players especially are it's just a little bit overrated for me for what it is and and the 2000 plus pop count so but uh but yeah, I still I still want the Tatis gold paper parallel. <laughs> that being said, it, it's the same it's, it's the so same cheap. concept as the as the Luca silver. You know, yeah, it's, like, totally. it, it's like yeah. it's like yeah. the gold is Complete so liquid. Logic. It's so yeah. liquid though, and it's that's that's liquid, yeah. that's why that's why a lot of people like it too. Yeah, is agreed. because it's like it's that silver Luca that you know a lot of people want. There's a sale every day on it, and yeah, it's a classic OG. Right. Yep. That's a good point. All right, uh, this was a fun segment. All right, um, let's go on to our final segment of this show we call Pick One. This is where we choose two cards or two sets and we debate which ones we would rather invest in. All right, Hyung, you want to start things off? Sure thing. Uh, we we talked about uh, Vintage this episode, so mm-hmm. and we mentioned both cards, actually. Um, and my childhood memory is... You know, the holy grail of holy grails was the 1952 Tops number 311 Mickey Mantle, a PSA 2.5. A PSA 2.5. I didn't know they had 2.5, but 48K, all right, um, versus a 1951 Bowman number 253 Mickey Mantle PSA 6 that sold for 36000 Hmm. So are you going for the card or the grade, essentially? And uh, PSA two and a half must look pretty like uh pretty beat like up. it's not yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty beat up, but two and a half still pretty nice for that card. Yep. 
right? Yep. It's I mean sure. that you're talking it's not change, forty eight thousand. It's not yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then a PSA six, a nineteen fifty one Bowman yeah, PSA six is actually nice. a really nice, really, really nice condition. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's cheaper, so yeah. I'm not I'm not waiting wasting any time. This is Fleer Jordan versus Star. We're going Fleer Jordan, <laughs> man. There's no question it's nineteen fifty two tops Mickey Mantle. No debate. Yeah, long long term investment. You, I think long term investment too. I think as much as yeah. just like the Jordan, I think if as much as people want to say that this is technically the first reel, and every may, everybody may agree with that, you can't. It, it's just too too iconic. Like the Mickey right. Mantle, the Fleer Jordan, it's become too much of an iconic holy grail for a lot of people, and it's not going to change anything. So it, clearly, for me too, I don't. No matter what comparison you make of the the 52 mantle versus 51 it's 52 mantle for sure <laughs> <laughs> what about you clark yeah i know i knew where you're going with it with the grade and yeah just um right. both iconic cards for sure right yeah you know what the only thing that really bothers me about the 1951 bowman horizontal horizontal it's horizontal mm. yeah and and in a psa slab it just looks off you know what mm. i mean like how do i how do i display this right. <laughs> do you go horizontal <laughs> or do i go vertical with the label on top so it's as fickle as that for me and plus 1952 it, it's uh it's iconic right like people recognize that card right away and i like the portrait even if it's badly creased i'll take that I'll take the I love it. Tops. And the, the crazy thing is, you guys didn't even budge on price. It's like eh, forty eight thousand hey, cards, yeah. nothing, all right? We're not, not even thinking twelve thousand, twelve thousand less. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, when so, you're when, like we said last week, when you're in that ballpark, you know, yeah, <laughs> you think differently. What's twelve k, right? Right. Um, no, I I agree with you guys. Like for me, it's the fifty two tops Mickey Mantle. I rather take a lower grade. And buy the card just because it's so iconic. Like, I it would be a dream to own one of them. Mm-hmm. I I like for me that would be the ultimate like chase. I don't know why. It's just as a kid I just love that card. But you know I would say you know there's some value in the 51 Bowman. If you look at the lower grades, sure. some of the lower grade uh, Mickey Mantle Bowmans, very affordable that can definitely catch up so i think part of from an investment standpoint i think there might be more opportunity in the bowman uh, 51 on the on the lower side because all the all even the psa1 manuals are super expensive super expensive right so Mm -hmm. i think over time you know a a decently graded you know 51 bowman can be a great investment piece for sure but yeah i agree with you guys if it's one one card i'm gonna pick it's the 52 tops Cool. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. Yep. All right, boys. Right. I'm going to piggyback off of last Tuesday's uh, 1v1, Clark, that you had KD versus Curry mm-hmm. the Refractor. Um, and this might m- maybe help your conviction on your pick or maybe change it or nothing. But my 1v1 is going to be more like a, like a hot take. But who's more likely... To win another ring, Steph Curry or KD? Go ahead, Clark. Oh man, this is so easy for me. It's uh, it's got to be Steph, right? Mm. Steph Curry, man. Like the Warriors are gonna be pretty much the same team going into it next year. They're still highly favored to get back into the finals. 
And Katie, like, I mean, we talked about it earlier, or we talked about it in uh, the Friday show, that we don't, we just don't know where he's going. Like, there's so many open-ended questions. And, you know, who is he going to play with? Is he chasing a ring? You know, ask that question again if he gets signed to the Phoenix Suns. Then then it's like, okay, you know, there might be a more of a coin toss. But um, I just believe in stuff. I just believe in the Warriors. I believe in Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah his steve kerr is ridiculous if you he he there was some ridiculous stat that said he was part of the last x amount of championships in the last 20 years and it was like majority as a like yeah. a like it was as a like a player and as a coach right, like right. in a span of 30 years or something like yeah, that yeah yeah he's a part but of like 50 percent or something yeah it's so ridiculous that's that's what you call a winner right there but anyways mm-hmm. i'm um i'm going i'm going with curry like hands down just because you're talking about winning a championship um curry like clark said you know he has the team already he's has the momentum you know you make a few little you know um uh moves here and there small moves but you're talking Kate. you're it's almost like you're trying to find what sticks and then you have to build that team chemistry and then you have to like make like we've seen superstars go to different teams and how that ends up, you know, um, and we expect so much from them and it's just a disaster. Right. So there's that even that possibility to me. I don't see Golden State doing that when they have an established, you know, team that, you know, has been winning. And when you have playoff experience, the amount that those the, the three have, it's just it's going to be tough to beat, especially as long as Curry stays young which he looks like he ain't losing a beat at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to say Curry hands down for sure. Ooh. I forgot to mention, it is also possible <laughs> that it could be both because if Katie and Curry <laughs> yeah. go on the same team. Trick, trick question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to tip my hat to Will, our boy Will, and I'm going to be the contrarian and go with Katie. And I'll I'll say this okay. as much as I hate as much as I don't like Katie. <laughs> oh, here we go. He yeah. is oh, three man. episodes, he just, three for three. Digging yourselves you know, deeper into that hole. He's eh? just too powerful. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be a year older, but he's a, another year in with less injury, a lot more recovered, and removed from the sideshow that was Kyrie Irving and James Harden, and I think he'll be back focused with a team. In a situation where he's going into, um, you know, not making a team, like making a super team, but he's already going, most likely wherever Katie's going right now, it's going to be an established, almost their championship kind of team. And he's the final killer piece to put them over the top. And I think wherever he goes, he's just that powerful that he's going to swing the momentum in the favor of that team. Even if it is Toronto, we have been Toronto is, you know, like we, we're we all, you know, biased and we're fans. But the one thing we're missing is a killer. We, we we got a pretty solid team, but we're always missing that one killer. The one year we had it, it was Kawhi. Uh, we got a little bit lucky, but we, we got the ring, right? So I think KD, Phoenix, Heat, Toronto, Golden State, he's that final piece. And one year, you know, removed from drama, one year healthier, I think wherever he goes, he's got the best chance to win it over as much as we do like curry i think katie's you know 
As long as he doesn't act like a loser and be petty and get involved <laughs> with that drama, just stop focus it, on just focus on basketball. I think it's gonna be Katie. Hey, st- stop beating up on my pal Katie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would agree with you, except Brooklyn. Like, what happened in Brooklyn? Like, he had a couple of superstars right. playing alongside them, and just didn't work out. The sideshow, man. I think I think that had had a lot to do with it. I think there was a lot of it's, it seems seems like there was a lot behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't see, like their synergy and all that stuff. So fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, um, okay, let's finish off this show with my one v one. All right, I have on one side Trey Young, twenty eighteen National Treasures rookie patch auto number to ninety nine, the Grail of Trey Young oh. rookie cards, raw which last sold for 11k mm-hmm. versus Zion Williamson the 2019 Panini Prism blue parallel so kind of a color match number to 199 but graded PSA 10 I think I think you're you're just trying to prove a point here like <laughs> I, a point was that that's saying? not even a comparison the national treasures trade but Trey's so undervalued and Zion's so overpriced at this point. I have no other option but to pick Trey Young. Like, raw. Like, oh, man. You're still you're still on the Trey Young. Eh? Oh, I, I wanted to test no you. Okay. National Treasures? Yeah, that's 100%. Raw. Raw. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, national yeah. Treasures at that point for me is. I'll is come back to PSA 8 for sure right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's going to be an authentic slab anyways. Yeah. Authentic auto 10. You best believe it. <laughs> okay, that was quick. Yeah. This, this, this is, yeah, this is, no. there's no question. It, national treasures of a superstar player in the league. That, that it, I'll take that over any of those, any player, not just Trey Young. I'll take that over Zion. I think the Zion Prism Blue is nice and it's a PSA 10. It's just not as special as the National Treasures. Like that is the Holy yeah. Grail, and we're not even talking. It's not chump, a chump player like Trey Young, is one of the budding superstars in the league. Um, that is ridiculous that it's at eleven k. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's expensive. I don't know. But to know that the Blue Prism Zion is the same price as an NT Trey Young, yeah, no Trey Young all the way. And tra- those NTs numbered at a ninety nine. They're almost like vintage. I don't think it really matters. The grade doesn't matter. I think, like yeah, Young said, I agree. Authentic slab doesn't have to, have to be graded. It will sell for good money. So yeah. Okay. I I asked this because like honestly, Treyon gets no love right. from the hobby man. I right. knew it. I knew that's, that's why. That's, that's my main point. <laughs> and Clark, I I didn't see your pick one anyways before, so I was hearing it for the first time. That's why I reacted yeah. the way I did. Sorry, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? You know what? I'm gonna ask you this same one v one next year when his <laughs> prices still go down. I'm like, guys, and Zion's exploding. You know, it's like you know how mu- how I'm how much I love Trey Young, but there's a, there's a point where you just gotta hop off the train. Right. No, I'm not <laughs> off the Trey Young train just this, just now. Okay, okay. You know what? Because I'm with you guys, I'm not off the Trey Young train either. I believe in him. Um, obviously, I'm gonna go with the Trey Young RPA. But yeah, my main point was like, at what point <laughs> do we need to <laughs> hop off Trey Young and go for the real high ups potential high upside of you know. Can you get more higher upside than Zion Williams, or in terms of hype, than Zion yeah. Williams right now? 
I mean, so. yeah, it's still a dangerous game to play. Like I like just Trey versus Zion. It's not even a a question for me. I think that's the biggest thing. And then National Treasures on top of that. Right. The Blue Prism is mm-hmm. nice though. I do like uh, I do like oh, the Zion sweet. Prism. I think that's that's a great looking card. Right. Yeah, like his pose in the Panini Prism. Yeah. for Zion. Yeah, yeah that's that's a him and Jaw. Like I think that set is gonna is one of the best Prism sets. Yeah, I agree. Right. Now, serious question okay. before we end end off. Eleven K is not necessarily our our wheelhouse in terms of budget, but if the Trey Young NT was like nine, eight, I'm in. Right. Wouldn't like even that's I'm not point. I don't even yeah. have a Trey Young and I I think I would sell off. A bunch of my big boy cards to go after. You'd that. sell all the base yeah, to go after like nine thousand. I would. I would. <laughs> so it just seems like eleven. And then you would have fifty dollars. <laughs> and what? <laughs> Jeez, yeah. you gotta sell more. But eleven is is low. But I mean, if it got into like you know four digits, NT Trey Young. Oh man, yeah. really? It's I think light. all three of us we would legitimately be in on that. Yeah, yeah for sure. We should, maybe for sure. we should make a group purchase. Okay, I'll uh, put it, it on the watch it, list. It, it, it's our cards to the moon project. Yeah. Let's see how if we win or lose over the span of this yeah, podcast. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. it. All right. Uh, with that, uh, yeah, we'll end off the show. Thanks again so much for all our listeners and subscribers. As always, we appreciate you coming back week after week to hear us talk about sports cards. And uh, yeah, if you haven't given us five stars and you enjoyed the episode, we really appreciate it. And we'll see you again next Tuesday for another new episode. Talk to you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.